Well, hello, everyone. Here we are again with me, our podcasters from around the world, Jane, who, Dr. Jane um, Marquis and from Empowered Mind Awakening, and Hartmut Schumacher from Germany, and for your Go Your Own Path, and John with a Fitness Oracle. And we are most happy and privileged and honored to have um, one of the doctors who have been really, let's say, um, making sure that he can speak about the truth so that you and I can be empowered more and more for our health care, okay, for our personal health care. Because what would it be without good health, optimum health? And that's Dr. Robert Yoho. And welcome, Dr. Robert Yoho. Grace, thank you for the nice introduction. I, I have to do a disclaimer at the start because the lawyers will get after you no matter what around here. And I live in California where it's probably worse. Um, so this is not uh, personalized health care. Use this information at your own risk. If you have a problem, you can see a licensed provider. I'm, I'm sorry to have to do that. I've researched this stuff five years and I believe everything I say. So, And I've got, I've got over 500 references in my book, which was, it took three years to write, Butchered by Healthcare. Can you imagine anything, anything more inflammatory than that? Butchered. Look at that white coat. <laughs> and I'll, I'll send you links to download this free. Exactly. And 250 so, Amazon, five-star Amazon reviews. Right. And so I'm very excited to hear, hear from him, especially that he is, he's also in Substack. So go follow him, subscribe at robertyoho.substack.com. And his uh, website for that book and those he's written two books that butchered by healthcare, what to do about doctors, big pharma and corrupt government ruining your health and medical care. And also the other book is Hormone Secrets. And you could get that at robertyohoauthor.com. Okay. So how about, why don't I just ask you, why the word butchered? Oh my God. Well, <clears throat> Let me go through, I have a rant. You know, you guys probably don't like rants, but I have a little three minute rant that I do at the beginning of a lot of these podcasts to explain the background on what's going on in American healthcare and really around the world. So the US is worse than anywhere else. Um, there, Jay Leno said that when he was touring Europe, he said, well, we ruined our culture. Now we're gonna come over here and ruin yours. So maybe Helmut, you've seen, seen that in Germany, I don't know. But uh, we spend twice as much on healthcare per person than any of the other developed countries. I mean, it's absolutely insane. We spend 20% of our GDP, about $4 trillion on healthcare. Uh, you, you, Germany gets by with 10% roughly or 12, and Canada, England, Australia, it's all about, about that much. And, uh, but half of what we do is absolutely either useless or damaging. And this is well known to medical academics. 50 to 70% of us in America are on prescription drugs, which is absolutely insane on the face of it. And so we, we, we are up against pharmaceutical companies, which are the most criminal industry in history as measured by their criminal and their civil settlements, which amount to $86 B billion since 2000. I mean, it's just, it's just utterly stunning. They have thousands of criminal, criminal records and their payoffs since 2004 for the Biggest 22 drug makers have their own Wikipedia page of shame, which your listeners can turn to right now if they want. Um, and three of these companies, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, and GlaxoSmithKline, have all paid settlements 
in excess of $2 billion in a single settlement. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Pfizer had this anti-inflammatory uh, called Vextra, which caused 50,000 deaths. They knew it would happen ahead of time, just like this phony vaccine. And they rolled out the drug anyway. So here's a quote from Peter Ross, who was a former Pfizer marketing vice president. He said, it's scary how many similarities there are between this industry and the mob. Obscene amounts of money, killings, and deaths, bribing politicians and others. The difference is all these people in the drug industry look upon themselves as law-abiding citizens. However, when they get together as a group, it's almost like when you have war atrocities. People do things they don't think they're capable of because the group could validate what you're doing is okay. And that's from his book, The Whistleblower, which is over 10 years old. Another uh, uh, CEO, Harry Loin, who was Park Davis, he said, if we put horse manure in a capsule, we could sell it to 95% of these doctors. And that's their attitude towards us and the patients. And so the FDA supposedly oversees the scene, right, and, and regulates the drugs, but over half its budget is paid directly by pharma. So that makes them essentially a branch of the marketing department of these pharmaceutical companies. Th this happens during the, the uh, um, the patent process, and they're called user fees. And the, the UK regulator, which is NICE, that is very similar conflicts. So they, the result is that these agencies think of the companies as clients. And if the FDA refuses to approve a drug, they might theoretically have a problem making their own payroll. So the FDA and pharma work together to fake drug patent studies. Now, just think about that for a while. I, 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 I don't say that lightly, and I wouldn't say that without references. They use statistical manipulation. They corrupt their research subcontractors. And 75% of the U.S. drugs, the research is done by people in other countries. And my vision of some of this is they got a kid with a baseball cap in a basement in Pakistan faking the studies. I mean, it, they're not entirely faked out of whole cloth because the medical academics in America are, are calling them out on, on all kinds of things. But but they're they're corrupted. They, they're allowed to hide drugs that don't promote drug sale, studies that don't promote drug sales. And here's another quote from Peter Gercho, who you've heard of, one of the founders of Cochrane Reviews. He said, the pervasive scientific misconduct has led to a research literature where one has to dig deeply to find the few gems among all the garbage. And likewise, there was a title of BMJ editorial last year. Just get this. Time to assume that health research is fraudulent until proven otherwise. So the medical journals are prostitutes. Their editors are paid hundreds of thousands of dollars each year directly by the medical industry. Corporate ghostwriters write more than half of all drug studies and even some textbooks. So, And the authors get paid huge, huge fees just for the use of their names. So in law, business, or government, bribes like these could result in firing or criminal prosecution, but it's accepted practice in healthcare. And they use a euphemism conflicts of interest. I don't use that euphemism anymore. I call it bribery. So anyway, I mean, it just goes on and on. There's all kinds of problems with healthcare besides what I, I said, but that's the, uh, that's the basic introduction. <clears throat> Dr. Yo, what happened in your personal life? Because most of the time when we have that sudden aha moment and, you know, something must have happened. Because you were at one point in your life, you were in the healthcare system that you described. Good question. That's a great. That's an excellent question. Um, I'm like Rip Van Winkle, right? I was asleep for my whole career. I believe I believe the whole orthodoxy. 
and uh, th then I woke up and what, what happened was at the <clears throat> start two years before I quit. And, and I, I, am not so courageous. I can't lose my license because I quit. I started, I started writing this book about hormones, right? And the reason why I was interested in this is my practice was primarily women. See, that's a, that's a Mexican mask that's actually four feet high. It's kind of an interesting story. And it, it was primarily women. And here's a picture of me with a mask. It's kind of a big mask, big colorful mask. And I had superimposed the names of the hormones on it. And that's your, your brain on hormones. It's, it's very hormonally influenced, not just women either. Um, but I saw that black box warnings, which is are in the case of hormones are fraudulent, were placed on estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, and they were warning about problems that essentially didn't happen, such as blood clots, strokes, and cancer. I mean, it was just nonsensical. And I, I read widely about the hormones, and I came to the conclusion that they were, they were, pro they were among our oldest therapies. We have the the most experience with them, thyroid, we have 120 years experience with it, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, 40, 50, 60 years of experience with these. So we knew a lot about these systems. We knew how safe they were. And this crazy study came along, which cost a billion dollars almost, called the Women's Health Initiative. And that was published in the early 2000s, maybe 2003. And that supposedly discredited estrogen with this this lie that it causes breast cancer. And there was a drug that did cause a small amount of breast cancer that was studied, a synthetic progesterone, but that stuff really shouldn't be used chronically. I mean, we've got much better, we, got, we, have, we have the bioidentical estrogen. So, so I got red-pilled about um, hormones, and then I started reading about medical corruption, and step-by-step, step, I came into my realizations and butchered by healthcare. And this is the only complete review of healthcare that I know of that talks about everything from the insurance companies to the individual medical specialties. And I mean, I just had many, many fall out of my seat moments when I, when I read uh, in preparation for that. I mean, I read, I, I of course learned a lot about big pharma and how they set up their business, how they, they almost create the diseases and the drugs together with the marketing. And I mean, it's, it's just a wild scene. There's all kinds of litigation and nonsense that goes on. I mean, I, I exposed individual medical specialties such as um, oncology uh, because it's, an, it's a kind of an open secret that they get something which I regard as a kickback from the drug companies. They get 20% off the top for every drug that they administer in their office. And the other specialties aren't completely clean. I believe, but I have not completely confirmed that the vaccines that the kids are given by the pediatricians are a 20% off the top situation also. It's an exception in a law that should be much more strict. Between doctors, if you guys were other physicians and I made a deal with you that a drug that I manufactured would be uh, sold by you and I give you 20% off the top, that's a federal crime called capping. But I, there's an exception for these drug companies. I don't know how they got it through, but the whole thing is like a kickback scheme. And these oncologists are encouraged to use the newest, the most costly drugs that they have in their armamentarium. And they cannot, no one can ignore financial incentives like that. It's not that I think they're evil. I think that they've been corrupted in a way that's irresistible. I mean, they, 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 these drugs cost 
on average of at least a hundred thousand dollars a year each. And these guys, they get, and women, you know, there are women oncologists too, of course they get, um, their, their goal is to get a, a room filled with Barca loungers, you know, like a recliners and put a, dr a drug receiving patient in every single one, five days a week. So, and then they go in there and pat everybody on the head and they collect the 20% the plus the office visit fees. I mean, it's, it's an unbelievable scene here. And, uh, you know, there, there are other drugs such as the testosterone blockers administered by the urologists that cost $10,000 a shot. And the, the urologist can get uh, $2,000, 20% for a, a thing that something that takes them two minutes after everybody has it figured out. So, so I, I'm, I, I am heartily angry about healthcare. And the last year and a half or two years has made me much angrier because the gloves have come off with these drug companies. They're so entitled and they're so overwhelmingly uh, powerful with the political support that they've been given that we are, we've compromised the world's health with this insane therapy they've come up with. And that's, it's not obvious to most doctors because they're being uh, treated with a whole assortment of fraudulent information. There's my rant. Sorry. <laughs> what you, what you just shared really is something that's been happening already for decades and it's true, in the last just three years, everything seemed to be coming out. And for those who are ready to really like say, oh, yeah, I experienced that too with this doctor. Oh, I experienced that in the hospital. And I still remember the conversation we had when they um, say we, um, me as a nurse in a regular healthcare facility, where we used to compare like the cars of the doctors and then their specialties. And then so we know that which which specialty is having a lot of, let's say, financial motivation. And then so that and and of course, the patients, in fact, would ask the nurses who we think we would like to recommend. And we're not shy when we know a doctor is good, we would recommend. And then we'll, and we, of course, at the back of our head, we are imagining how much money one makes from all this prescription so and i appreciate you coming and thank you so much and and uh yeah don't stop doing what you're doing because we need more of you we've <laughs> we've I, got our we've got our feet in the alligator's mouth so even though the, sometimes this thing seems hopeless we have to struggle you know and we had to put out an eye on the way in I guess. I mean, I don't know. It's it's a it's a crazy scene. The hospitals are now starting to come to realize what they've done with this vaccine because all the vaccine complications are going in the hospital. I mean, and they are these nurses are just horrified. I mean, I read a, a Substack post today by Pierre Corey when he just he he quotes these nurses who have just had nightmarish. Um, situations and all the denial that's going on at the doctor and hospital level. The hospitals are greedy pirates and those people are not interested in healthcare. they're interested in revenues and they've been that way since long before i wrote my book which was at the beginning of the pandemic and this the whole thing that's happening now i mean you've heard these stories about about what they're paid for a diagnosis of covid for innovation for uh putting them on uh, uh this uh, what is that remdesivir and then they get paid when the patient dies extra I mean, it's crazy. And we, I interviewed a, uh, a man whose daughter was essentially slaughtered by the 
hospital and the doctors in the hospital. And they, they think they're, they're above the law. They think they're above any medical ethics. And I mean, they get, I don't know, they get 40 or $50,000 and they knock them off. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. And that, uh, remdesivir is fatal in 25 to 50% of the cases just from the drug. And th th we all knew that we, we knew that from the studies on Ebola. I mean, it is just insane. Maybe I'm telling you guys nothing new, but, uh, shoot away fire any question you want but but anyway thanks for mentioning that those um, incidents and um just as i said before i pass it on to jane um the, we're happy we're we're proud that doctors like you who's been in the practice are ex expressing truth and teaching people we just really have to be concerned with the young doctors or with the upcoming medical students who's going to be doctors in the future that you know perhaps they will be different from what they what we what you have described and i want to share one comment from the from the viewer and he says wow yes my bill was basically bankrupt after my um after sil died for, for from nine years of this poison therapy yeah, I, I've got information about how the billing game goes in hospitals and information about these specialties. So, I mean, they the hospitals have this, uh, they call it a charge master. And that is a fabrication of the highest possible charge for gauze pads to, you know, to alcohol pads to IVs to everything else. And that's the start of their negotiation. And the person who pays cash, the, the rule of thumb is they always pay the most because they, some of them aren't bright enough to renegotiate the charge master. But if you have big bills, medical bills of any kind, my advice is to scream bloody murder and negotiate over a period of months. And, uh, and if you have a house or something, these hospitals take it. I mean, it's, it's just, they're absolutely ruthless. Yeah, so I became a naturopathic doctor and I fell in love with homeopathy. So I became a homeopath as well. And I was taught twice the history of natural medicine and how it was taken out. And homeopathy has been attacked for years because it's a very effective medicine and costs almost nothing. It's impossible to get a study done because like, of what you're saying. The money all goes toward studies for ph pharmaceuticals but i i would say buyer beware like do some homework and don't jump on the pharmaceutical bandwagon but what do you think makes people so trusting <laughs> you know jane we are burning down the trust that people have had for physicians that they've stored up over decades not hundreds of years to millennia and right now i mean i think that everybody's got to buyer beware with everything that they see and particularly healthcare. I mean, healthcare is an outrage. And I, I mean, we have built this thing. I mean, there, there are, there are plenty of miracles. Some of the antibiotics are miracles and the vaccines turn out to be a total failure from start to finish. And for the listeners, Jane's field believes that, um, the natural immunity is much more important than any therapeutic intervention, which is turning out to be true. It's certainly true for our, our, our COVID. I mean, it's, it's natural immunity and uh, vitamin D levels and vitamin and zinc levels and a few other things, um, which are, are critical. And the, the, the therapies, especially the high tech therapies that cost so much and are done for the money only are, 
I mean, they're they're almost worthless. I mean, the innovation, the high, you know, the hospitalization, the uh, uh, you know, the remdesivir. I mean, those things are useless. the The one exception, of course, is the monoclonal antibodies, which works if given early, before ten days, and hopefully in the first four or five days. Um, that that clears these things up pretty well. Um, but it's a high-tech solution for a low-tech problem, a freaking flu, flu bug that could have been treated with simple medications such as ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, which have avid, avid affinity for the virus. And it, they, 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 they really help, um, you know, when used to the handful of pharma, uh, pharmaceuticals that Jane would certainly prescribe. Yeah, I mean... There's so many ways. I, I had zero fear because of my background, but I also know what to do. And I believe there's a huge mind con you know, connection to most disease and that you have to treat on a very deep level that you're not just going to cover it up with. So I've, I've never bought into it. <laughs> yeah, this this thing on the mind control thing, this, this entire uh, vaccine experiment on us was designed to panic us and to throw us throw us off so over the next few year, years um, these global sociopaths could institute financial control of us and so that that's the that's the the game in a nutshell and you can read about that on my Substack or in other places but um it it, it sounds paranoid but w when there's there's really a conspiracy there's no no paranoia it's just a it's just recognizing reality i mean it's it's a it's a sad scene we we're involved with and it's not over they're going to come up with something before the end of the year that's going to throw us off again uh you know and i hate to speculate about it they might have another vaccine in the works but uh but this uh, monkeypox seems like it's a ridiculous failure because it's uh, it's confined to a narrow group of people, and it's not it's not very infectious, and it has no mortality essentially. Yeah, I've read a bit about the plan. Apparently, there's going to be several million deaths by January, which will set off a whole <laughs> whole another episode of masking and all the other nonsense. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you didn't get that much in Montana, did you? What do you mean, fear well, you or masking? No. You didn't, no masks. Everybody just went about their, their yeah, yeah. jobs as usual. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I live, I live in crazy California and uh, I tell you, I wish I was with John in Florida and Tampa. Right. <laughs> Is that where you are? John's yeah. in Tampa. Yeah. 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 So, Part of this whole history is the history of the jab, right? It's like a huge money-making machine. Can you give us your take on that? I know you've studied it. Jane, that thing is not the most successful and profitable drug in history. It's the most successful product in history. And compare it to the iPhone, compare it to Coca-Cola. But if you, if you want to, I mean, I, the, I can go over the basics. I don't know where your uh, listeners are. But uh, I could go over the basics or we could let, let me let me just tell you three insane facts. Right. That remdesivir was approved because it didn't work, because if it did work, it would make an experimental treatment like the vaccine illegal. And we push the vax on these little kids, this nightmare that seems to be coming at us without any shield. Because if the shot is approved for kids, the manufacturer's liability, the entire liability for the whole program is permanently waived. I mean, it's just insane. We have these people coming into the U.S. illegally, and they are not offered the vax because they're not U.S. citizens. So they're not covered by the lawsuit protection immunity. 
So, I mean, it, it, the whole the whole story is one thing after another that is absolutely the reverse of the truth. And if, if there's one thing that I could help your uh, your listeners with is um, you've got to pick your sources uh, carefully and you're wasting your time to listen to any ma mainstream media because it's all dictated from the central central source. <clears throat> I mean, it's absolutely it's absolutely repetitive and insanely identical and you're you it's it's almost the exact opposite of the truth you can't trust any of the social media or the tv um substack.com seems to be an uncensored platform as of now but we'll see i mean they they we might have to get all our own websites it, it does a great job right now a lot of rebels are on that yeah Excellent. So yeah, in the history, like I've studied the history of inoculation um, since my girls were three months old. And it's I, a disaster. Yeah, like it, it is, but people are led to believe that it's very successful. You know, I when I <laughs> when I wrote Butcher by Healthcare, you know, it was I had to red pill me myself on many, many things. And I never looked at the vaccines and I never looked at HIV and AIDS, right? HIV is the virus that Fauci set up to be the fall guy for AIDS. And all of our therapeutic attempts, many of our therapeutic attempts, including, um, uh, what is the AIDS drug? I've, I'm blocking on it right now. They're toxic. They're directed against that virus. And the, uh, Fauci's critics, including this Duisburg guy, who's the greatest virologist in history, said that the HIV virus was couldn't possibly be it because there were hundreds and hundreds of variants of this thing, and no one had ever seen a pathogenic virus, let alone something that um, could cause uh, upset like the AIDS thing. So that was, um, it was absolutely alive from start to finish. And they've, they've done it to market these therapies and they've chased an, uh, an AIDS vaccine for many, many decades and put, I mean, a hundred billion dollars plus into it. And it's been a total failure. There's nothing there. So, um, Bring me back to the question, Jane. I'm trying to. Yeah, but even the original inoculations oh, yeah. were, were, you know, um, they've they've tried to show they have great success, but in reality, are we had there's already not, already overcome most. There's of not the a diseases. single, and there's not a single vaccine, and that's what you're referring to by the inoculation story. Yeah. There's not a single vaccine that has the randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled trial. Period. Just wrap your head about that. That's that's the standard to supposedly get these drugs approved, right? And it's it, you know Fauci's trick and the trick of these pharmaceutical companies is is to use no control group, which is it's it's astounding because you learn nothing without a control group. I mean, you may learn something, but you don't make a definitive statement about about a medication or a vaccine or anything else. And Jane, of course, is well aware that we have 75 different shots that are, are on our pediatric schedule now. And when I was a little kid, there were probably less than 20. And none of them were effective either. I mean, all these diseases show they, you know, there's a curve of these disease activity and they 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 started high, you know, last century, or maybe the century before, and then then they they tapered and only at the very bottom of this taper were these vaccines introduced and universally the curve shows no appreciable effect of the vaccine on on the the diminution of the disease and jane's people who are favor public health good sanitation and uh, uh and 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 things that boost your immunity 
um, those are the things that worked for all these infectious diseases. And, and the, the, there's no appreciable effect on the decline of any of these diseases uh, affected by uh, vaccines. Right. And no talk about how the natural disease gives you lifelong immunity. Yeah. Same, same with what's going on now and how it's much more protective. And, you know, I, after doing so much study, I was like, oh, well, it's better to get the, the disease and then treat it with natural remedies if it ever gets to a point where it's, you know, too much for the body to overcome. But it, it just makes no sense. Well, it makes financial sense. And, right. it's, uh, you know, when, when these <laughs> things were giving, given liability relief in the late 80s, mid 80s, 86, I think uh, Reagan signed this thing. And it all seemed perfectly reasonable at the time. The vaccine companies had plenty of excuses that they, they couldn't even manufacture. Anyway, so when, when you give a criminal a free ride, he will take it. So that's what they did. These, these companies um, have produced all this stuff without any evidence that it works, gotten them on the vaccine schedule through fraudulent cooperation of the FDA and bad studies. And, uh, you know, a lot of them are, are mandated more or less, like they tried to mandate this COVID insanity. Yeah. How do you think, uh, so my, my biggest is, you know, people say, how would the government, you know, lead me down the wrong path? They, <laughs> of course they're here to look after me. <laughs> Well, the, the way things work now, we have the the people that are really in charge are are three enormous financial institutions. They're BlackRock and uh, what are the other two? Uh, Vanguard and State Street. And they together own most of the assets, most of the financial assets in the United States and the world. And so these people have somehow decided between themselves with their cronies and the World Economic Forum or whatever. I mean, they, they all talk alike. And they all and they're they're not shy about telling people about their ideas for either eugenics or uh, domination of the world or ruination of our currency or anything else. And so these people dominate the narrative and they the, the, their financial power uh, uh, strikes through all of these companies. I mean, Pfizer and Moderna are majority owned by one of these companies and these companies all own each other. So. Um, the, the, these uh, these unelected world leaders, quote unquote, are, um, you know, they're running a show and for the government and for the corporations and for, um, you know, these all this insane planning. And you, you listen to Larry Fink and you just absolutely think the guy is uh, mad as a hatter. He's the head of BlackRock, I believe. Yeah. Well... Do your research. I think your book would be a great place for people to start. And I love the movie Thrive, Thrive One and Thrive Two, because it shows, you know, follow the money and it's an eye opener. It's great. I'll pass you to John. Thank you so much. Vax, Vax One and Vax Two. Vax Two and Oh, very good too. Yeah. Show the evils of vaccines in a very concrete way. You get to talk to these kids. See, we, we don't have good studies on the vaccines. We don't have double-blind placebo control studies, and they all claim that these things are harmless. But when you've got thousands of kids who immediately after getting a vaccine fall down on the floor and start banging their heads, never speak again, this is, uh, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty good anecdotal evidence. It's, you don't need a, you don't need a, uh, it's unethical to do a double-blind control trial with this sort of evidence. So that's what the Vax 
particularly Vax 2 movie shows. And you can find that on the Children's Health Defender website, yeah. RFK Jr.'s website. Well, when I was a kid, you didn't hear of autism. I didn't know one. I didn't know anyone. I didn't see anyone. Now it's one in 33 boys. It, it's it, everywhere. It was one in... 100,000 or something or yeah. 200,000 when I was a kid. I'm a little yeah. older than you are. Uh, but uh, I, I mean, it's it's hard to believe. And the theories, RFK's group thinks it revolves around mercury. It's hard to pin down what the heck is happening. But yeah. it's an enormous health disaster. And I mean, these these people have to be taken care of. Yeah. You know? And I know the Japanese must care more about their citizens because they've cut many of the many of the jabs. But anyway, we could go on. <laughs> Gardasil <laughs> okay. is a big one. Yeah, Gardasil <laughs> is a nightmare. Yeah. Gard Gardasil is a, it's it's one of the biggest uh, most destructive mistakes medicine's ever made. Dr. Yuhu, um it's great to have you here. Um I mean I wish I was there, John. We, uh, we took a we took a ride around Florida for two weeks, and we made the classic mistake. We stayed in the car, looking at everything. Oh, you no. you missed out on some very beautiful beaches. Yeah. Here's, uh, I'm we just beach. visiting. I'm just actually just visiting um, Tampa. Uh, I'm leaving tomorrow, going back to uh, Fort Lauderdale, where yeah. I'm living. But um, I mean, I have so many talking points to touch base with you. You and I can sit here for an hour just discussing them. But we're not going to. I'm just going to touch. I just want to touch upon three of them. Uh, you, you recently mentioned something about kids dying from uh, the uh, the vaccine injuries that they're sustaining. I think uh, in Greece, if I'm not correct, the average rate rate of death of children is anywhere between five and ten children per day. Well. You know, our evidence that this thing is much more harmful than good is is several is several fold. We've got about six lines of evidence that this it is absolutely conclusive that that we should immediately stop vaccinating and throw all those doses away and treat our treat our our, our COVID people with uh, with Jane's kind of medications um, and possibly add a few of these prescription drugs, including so the the evidence that your listeners probably know about is the VAERS database. And that thing is a voluntary reporting database. It's complete. It's incomplete, but even, even that thing shows, uh, I, you know, I think they're up to 25,000 deaths in America. I forget what it is, but it's underreported. Some of the estimates of the underreporting are by a factor of a hundred. Um, so there are at least several hundred thousand deaths due to this, uh, this, uh, uh, uh vaccine so far. And the anecdotes coming from the hospitals are just fall on your face, horrible. And then you mentioned the, uh, the, the stories about the little kids. Well, we've got stories about athletes that everybody knows. <clears throat> we have this uh, military group uh, that Senator Johnson has, uh, has uh, uh, highlighted that where, in theory, you've got the complete medical records of um, all these military people and the whistleblowers grabbed them and senator johnson or they they're exposing him somehow but the military are part of the cover-up now they're destroying records so just i mean it's an unbelievable thing um and what are the other the other lines of reasoning there's several other i mean the, the athletes dropping dead it's it's compelling and it's uh, it's unprecedented the young people and then these jackals i call them jackals because they're eating us 
Um, and that, you know, jackals are cannibals and they, they eat dead flesh. And so that's my metaphor. Um, but, but they're, they're claiming that people are getting, uh, uh, what is it? SAIDS, S-A-I-D-S, which is senior AIDS or whatever the heck it is. Um, and they're, they're making excuses for all these things that are happening and they're running advertisements for, to kind of normalize the kids getting uh, things like myocarditis. Well, myocarditis is an inflammation of the heart. Half of them are dead in five years. It's very severe. It's like having a horrible heart attack. And they're getting these problems when they're, the kids are getting these problems, particularly the young boys. So uh, it's un unprecedented. And the media is trying to normalize it all. So, I mean, it's, it's a wild scene. But there are, other, there are other lines of evidence as well about this that um, don't immediately come to mind. But but it's, um, it's, it's funny. funny. Go ahead. I was just going to say it's funny because uh, I think it was in Vancouver a couple of weeks ago. There was the very first government payout for vax, right. uh, vax injuries. The country data, right? You reminded me of that. These, there, we have honest data coming from several countries, um, in, including, oddly enough, Canada uh, until recently. And these show the mortality or the fatality rates on the entire population has climbed. And then the other thing we have is we have these unprecedented insurance company information, which during the year, first year of the vaccine, the overall death rate in the entire population went up 40 plus percent and much more in younger people, in certain younger age group, in the boomer group. I mean, I forget what it was, but it was a thousand percent, which would be 10 times or something like that. Um, but, um, but it, 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 the evidence is overwhelming. We don't need any more evidence. We need some lawyers who can stand up and take these people. Yeah. Um, ever since I moved down here to the to the U.S., I keep uh, I keep having discussions with people down here, and they keep saying that you know the Canadian system, the Canadian healthcare system, is much better than the U than the American uh, healthcare system. Do you agree with that, or am okay. I the only one? So that in America, that <laughs> you're <a> Canadian. <laughs> um, so. We have, we have a horrible system here. We have several other health delivery systems that are even worse than standard Medicare or standard insurance reimbursement, right? Where the insurance companies get 20% off the top of those, which is crazy. There's no other country where an insurance company takes 20% of the entire spend for healthcare. Um, we have uh, dysfunctional systems uh, such as... Uh, personal injury, which is unbelievable. I mean, they, they're probably 80% expense and uh, workman's compensation is 50% uh, expense or some, those are just numbers I pulled out of the year, but error. But the, the worst one is um, personal injury where, where the doctor gets a third, the, the uh, lawyer gets a third and the patient gets a third in theory after expenses. And the expenses probably include the lawyer's fees. Um, but uh, no, I, I, I don't agree that we have some sort of solution with a Canadian healthcare system uh, because in, in, in America, every time we throw money at this problem, it results in more problems. And we have three exceedingly dysfunctional health uh, government run systems in this country, Medicare, the Indian Health Service, and probably worst of all, the VA. The VA, the patients don't even care if they live or die. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but it's not a, it's not a, it's not a good thing. And anybody that's worked in a VA or an Indian health system um, realizes it's, uh, it's freaking horrible. So I don't, to answer your question further, I don't have a solution. Um, it, you know, we're, it looks like we're going to burn down financially and we're going to have to come up with new ideas altogether. Um, and, but to build a solution on top of what we have is exceedingly difficult because the money, anytime you throw more money at it, the industry and the, the 
capitalists and everybody get after it. He gets after it, and it makes it worse. The Obamacare was uh, was allowed by the industry because it increased overall spend. Well, there's a misconception out there that that people think that the Canadian healthcare system is free. That if you get sick, you don't have to pay or anything. But there's a that's a misconception because our taxes there's a hidden tax, there's a hidden percentage that goes to the hospitals and everything. And it's um, working coming from a person who has worked in a hospital for five years in the IT sector. I can vouch that the Canadian system is just as broken, if not worse than what it is here. I've seen firsthand when my parents got sick and I, we sent them to the emergency room, they were in and out within an hour in Toronto. They would have been stuck there for at least 10 hours just in the emergency to see a doctor. So on one hand, I think, you know, the patient care can be there with the right insurance policy. On the other hand, it's, uh, People think that uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of the Canadian system either. So middle middle class people here think that if they have a job and the ins- in employer pays their insurance, that they're that they've got it made. But what in, actually they they have is they have a job from which 20 percent of their total income, potential income, is deducted from their salary, and so they're paying this. And I mean, it's unimaginable for somebody making fifty thousand. They that's $10,000 a year, which is a huge, a huge chunk for them. Um, uh, Singapore gets by with four and a half percent of their GDP. So it's a quarter of ours per person. So yeah. it's possible. And somebody's just got to take it in hand somehow. In Singapore, they have dictators. <laughs> I'm not suggesting that's a good idea, but uh, yeah, benevolent dictators, uh, they claim. Uh, they claim. I don't want to piss um, those guys off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, the other point, the last point that I want to touch up on was uh, you made a point of um, the uh, the lack of testosterone in in in, in men in, in people in general. I want I want you to talk about the dangers that there is that that uh, that is there for people with a, with low testosterone levels, and is there a way to um, you know help boost it? Okay, as a teaser to that question, and I wrote this book about hormone supplementation. And I believe that anybody over 50 and a lot of the rest of us would live longer and feel better and be intellectually sharper if they got on appropriate hormone supplementation supervised by somebody that knows what they're doing. Um, But the teaser is that if we put every woman over 50 in the world on estrogen, their Alzheimer's rate would drop by 85%. Now I know you're you're not you don't believe that, right? So what I did in Hormone Secrets is I have Appendix C where I put 75 references that that show that. Now you can imagine that this is not a popular idea with industry because these drugs would would replace many of the um, the drugs that we use, including statins, blood pressure drugs, a lot of other things we wouldn't need. And these are cheap, and they are generic hormones that can be supplied by a compounding pharmacy. And uh, what that means is that bioidentical hormones are identical to the human body. And there is a rule against patenting any of these drugs that are identical to the human body, unless they, they have an excuse like a unique dose or something like that. So we have doses that we can't give without using the prescription patented drug for some of these compounds. And so it's crazy. 
but uh, no, testosterone has huge benefits for men that's been dropping in the entire population for decades. Nobody knows why. It may be toxins. It may be it may be a feminizing culture. It 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 could be due to anything. It could be the mercury that we're all getting, or we at least we got in the vaccines, which has been uh, curtailed a large degree by. But still, the, these vaccines are getting shipped to the developing world. <clears throat> the the toxic ones they're cheap. And, you know, nobody cares about the, uh, the people over there except for the pharma want to take their money from their governments. So anyway, is that adequate? Yeah, um, I just want one more point before I pass you on to Hartman. Um, I've been I've been exposed to this since 2009. I've known about the dangers of um, men ingesting higher, higher estrogen levels and what it could potentially do down the future. And you could see it like walking down to the Starbucks, all these guys ordering uh, soy milk and, you know, non-lactose milk and you know, adding so much soy, so much soy to their to their bodies uh, internally. And uh, we're, I guess we're seeing it today evolve into, like you said, lower testosterone levels in men, higher estrogen levels and the feminization of the male. So I don't I don't uh, think that the soy intake is the big deal here. I think that our diets are wrong. We don't consume enough animal fat and we don't consume enough animal protein. <clears throat> but the, I don't think that is the reason why we've had all this drop in testosterone. So the, the causes are unknown. It can be supplemented very easy with an injection a week. And let me read a, a testimonial that almost brings tears to my eye whenever I do it. Stephen is an 82-year-old retired CEO of a major media company. He said... I had lost all strength and I was sitting in a wheelchair in Palm Springs nursing home. The staff had to lift me in and out of bed. I was inches from being snuffed out. Then my doctor started coming in every week and giving me testosterone shots. In six weeks, I stood up and walked out of there back into my life. So that's the, that's the kind of miracle. And it, it does miracles on most men over 50 and many men under 50 who, who've been subject to this declining testosterone. Yeah. Uh, great. Thank you for that. Uh, I'll pass you on to Hartman now. Thank you. I, um, this is a very interesting subject because um, the interesting thing is if you want to live in a, uh, in a country which, where you are, let's say, safe with common sense, you need a population which is quite young and they have a lot of testosterone because they control the government. Yeah. <laughs> because um, at this, let's say it this way. People who have testosterone, they have uh, the possibility also to to defend themselves. They are not so easy to get manipulated. Is that correct? Well, I I, I think people with higher testosterones think more clearly, and they they they're proven and demonstrated and study proven intellectual benefits to testosterone uh, for both men and women. So I, I think that, uh, you know, if you can extrapolate from what I said into what you said, then it's true. And, um, and, uh, and I want to um, want to ask, is there, um, is there a connection between mercury and the decreasing of testosterone? Nobody knows Then I, I don't think there's any good evidence, but that could easily be the, the causal factor. I mean, we don't know. I, you know, my, my wife had a mercury level of 22 because she's such a freaking fish eater. And so you can get that stuff. The, uh, the ocean is tremendously polluted now. And Tony Robbins, who you've all heard of, 
he had a mercury level of 120. Well, there's no, there's no mercury level that's good for you, but he was on his way into being very, very ill and possibly dying. And his problem was he eats 8,000 calories a day. That's what he claims because he jumps around on stage so much. He's a 260-pound guy. He's 6'5 or something. And he, he decided to eat nothing but fish for a while. And so his, his, his mercury level went up to 120, which was tremendously toxic. Now, there are ways to get it out of your body. It is naturally cleared um, by if you do nothing and you stop the exposures. Um, but, um, you know, you can chelate it by using uh, these agents you take intravenously. Um, but, uh, yeah, mercury is toxic. And some people say there is no safe uh, uh, level of mercury. And, I mean... Who knows? That may be that may be the causal factor. Um, I would like to um, recommend there is an uh, there is a National Geographic article from 2010 in the internet where mercury poisoning makes birds act like homosexual, and this was done. This was done by Pe Peter Frederick. Uh, he they gave birds uh, um, meat with the exact gram of of mercury like they get in like they get in the fish and then they could find out that these birds act homosexually it's very interesting <laughs> well, <laughs> well i'm not going to comment about that i you know it's national geographic it's yeah. a national geographic article so i can't remember i can tell this remember i'm allowed to say this <laughs> remember the title of the, the british medical journal editorial from last year time to assume that, that the medical literature is fraudulent until proven otherwise. Now, I mean, that, that it sounds like, you know, pretty robust evidence of mercury toxicity, but taken in isolation, you know, who can say anything about that article? Hmm. No, that's, uh, but uh, what is about the situation in America concerning the um, situation of laws? Because here in Germany, for example, we have the, po we have the problem that in, in silence, uh, let's say it this way, the laws concerning the VAX are, let's say, changed smoothly. For example, um, you don't need, uh, by law, no one can be made reliable if, you, if, you, if someone gives the injection. Uh, the injections uh, are not, it's not um, anymore, um, let's say it's, Everyone can give it. You, oh, not only drugstores and doctors are allowed to give it. Uh, there are so many things which are changed right now. For example, if the date is too old of the vax, it can be used. Yeah, and all these changes are made at the moment in Germany in, in a very silent way. And for example, also the situation in, in June last year, uh, in Germany it was forbidden that if you got um, a specific drug, that this drug, that the people with the drug inside affects other people. This is completely different right now because now these kind of side effects are allowed. They were not allowed. Uh, what is the situation in the United States? Are they also um, trying to, to change the law in the direction that, let's say, that everyone has to, can give the jab and that everyone is, um, no one is reliable? Okay, there's there's two two things come to mind when you said that, and I, I'm no expert on this, but uh, I, I know a little bit. And the first thing is is that your country 
And every single state in our country and virtually every country in the world has incorporated the Nuremberg Code into their laws, right? And it's primary held above the other laws as far as certainly in the United States. And this says that medical experimentation is illegal. And, you know, it's there, there are punishments for it. And so we've clearly had a situation <clears throat> that where we've been experimented upon. And the documentation is wide ranging. And they're, you know, you can't hide what's going on in a big company like Pfizer. And when they data dump uh, their, their papers over a period of years, um, you, you learn about all their evil criminal uh, nonsense. So the Nuremberg Code should protect you guys. Um, but we have something that's stronger in the United States than any other country in the world. And that is a constitution which supposedly rides over all the rest of the laws. And so <clears throat> the other answer is that we seem to be living in a lawless area where these constitutional protections are being ignored. So whether we can litigate our way into a good result is an open question. There are a lot of people working on it and they're beating their brains out a way for a way to defeat these, these, uh, and you know, there's several branches of the law here. We've got these plaintiff's attorneys, which I don't think they're as common or, uh, or powerful in, um, in Europe or any other country. But here, they, they can get 40% uh, of the award, which is, you know, if the award is in the billions, these guys are instantly wealthy and their family and generations to come are wealthy. So there's a lot of motivation <clears throat> for these people to go on and um, try to tear apart these companies. And there are actions like that pending. Um, there are also constitutional lawyers who are, uh, are submitting cases to federal court and, and I mean, I wish I could say I was hopeful about it, but uh, there has been no big crack in the wall of uh, the, the corporate money or anything else. There's a guy named, uh, what is his name? There's a guy who has the attorney general, which is a chief lawyer of Utah, in his hand, and they are pursuing, I believe they're pursuing an individual, his name is Martin, I think it's John Martin. Uh, they are pursuing individual lawsuits against I believe Fauci and Gates and some of the other bad players that put all this stuff into place. And these people all need to be locked up indefinitely or, you know, in my, my view, they need to be executed because they're responsible for millions of deaths worldwide over the past two years. I mean, it's, it's been an unbelievable thing with the concealment of the therapies that worked that would have saved 85% of the lives lost um, to the, 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 the vaccine, which is fatal and cause, you know, if it has a net benefit, it has no net benefit, but it, if it has any benefit, um, it's insanely small. Um, so, uh, so yeah, the, I never thought I'd say that plaintiff's attorneys were the great hope uh, because, you know, they go after doctors in America all the time. And I had uh, several of the lawsuits and, uh, you know, I found out about all that stuff the hard way. But I think these guys are, they don't have any conflict of interest. That's a euphemism for bribery. They don't have any conflict of interest because they're they're in it for the money, and there's potentially a lot of money for them if they if they break one of these uh, multiple headed hydras that are that we're facing. Yeah, the 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 situation. Or let's say it this way: um, the pharmaceutical industry and the chemical industry they are more than 120 years old. They were, in Germany they were established in 1872, and the interesting thing is uh, by another by another um, um, doctor, uh, Dr. Rath, 
he's a, he he found out that the that the executive board they they described themselves as God because they copied nature. Well, they're and the yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. And uh, the situation is that um, these kind of um, let's say it this way. If if you want to understand the situation right now, then you have to understand the situation, the history of the pharmaceutical industry and the chemical industry, what they have done and how, what they did, for example, in the concentration camps in Germany. There, there, you're yes. bringing up the main point. You you know about Bayer, and you yep. know about that the poison gas, right? You, what's yep. the name of the poison gas that was used to kill? Mustache gas. Well, mustard gas, but it was Zyklon B. Bayer was yeah. one of the consortium yeah. that manufactured that stuff, and they're still around. Bayer Aspirin is well known. Yeah. So there, the the criminality of these people has been known for 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 decades. And I mean, I would add, the food industry is tremendously corrupt over here because they're not regulated. I mean, they they basically have a regulator that they have in their pockets, just like the pharmaceutical, the FDA regulates the food, the Food and Drug Administration. It's crazy. I mean, they have recommended things that, in my opinion, have been causal of the obesity epidemic, and it's not even recognized that well. Um, it's we're, we're eating we're eating all this carbohydrate, and they're, you know, they used to advertise uh, sugar cookies that didn't have any uh, fat in them as being good for you. Well, it's just the inverse. I mean, we should be eating butter and animal products primarily. Yes, and, um, and uh, the, the, what... Uh, the big picture is that is that the that this vaccine, the vaccination or this inje injection, is only one tool, and this is the problem what we are facing as normal people. We are attacked from many many sides. For example, um, the countries like Iraq, Iran, Egypt, or in other um, African countries, they should produce, they should lower their production of wheat, and then they got imports of wheat from the first world and the interesting thing is in these countries you had never cancer now you have cancer since that time so the situation is um by pro by specific wheat production by by the medical things by the by the injection they want uh, the situation is um for the you the normal people are really under attack and uh, I got an, got an impression that uh, the World Economic Forum wants to decrease or want to destroy 500 million jobs next year. And this is uh, comparable with several atomic bombs. Yeah. So, and, and for this reason, in Germany, the, they changed the laws so that everyone has to be or can be get an injection. And because everyone will be depending on the state. That seems to be the goal. That and, seems and to be the goal. Control with the uh, digital currencies, the central bank digital currencies. Yes. So, I mean, I, I'm I'm shouting this from the rooftops, and I hope that uh, that your listeners all understand this pretty well. Um, I mean, it's it's it just doesn't look good. A, a good source is Mercola.com, M-E-R-C-O-L-A, and he seems to be ahead of the head of the curve. Uh, he he was paranoid about the y2k thing which didn't strike me as anything at the time but a lot of people were paranoid about that he's but he he's a brilliant guy and he he talks a lot about uh, natural cures that jane would be interested in and uh, nutraceuticals and uh he has a podcast that stays up but his posts 
go out every day and then they disappear because he was being threatened and that was the compromise he made was to make them disappear and they go into a Substack archive that's only accessed behind a paywall. But I copy and paste them onto my computer and so I can look at them and consider the ideas for a while. Interesting. Very yeah. interesting. And and the situation is, do you have any idea, as you know very clearly, the situation of the, the, the usual doctor, let's say, in the United States? Because that's, many people want, uh, let's say, many people don't, maybe doctors don't think about the situation. This is the one threat. Yeah. And other, they only want to survive. Yeah. And yeah. this is, and, uh, and how can we reach these people? Because they are, let's say it this way, they are in the minds, the mindset of them is very, let's say, limited. Yeah. <laughs> so Hartman's question is basically what WTF is going on with the damn doctors, right? That's the question. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, See, I'm I'm lucky enough that I retired before, right? I retired almost nine months before the whole thing started. It's sort of turned from a smoldering war into a shooting war with the censorship of the uh, social media platforms. It became very obvious when they deplatformed Trump and others and continue to do so. And they started lining us up for the vaccine. So um, uh, the doctors are an interesting case. They're, we're trained to follow the leader. Now, this is the largest group of bright people in the country. We have a million people with an I IQs that average 125, which is very high. It's almost two standard deviations above the mean. But we're trained in such a way that we, we there's such a volume of information that you um, tend to follow the, follow the leader and memorize uh, solutions. And since Obamacare, um, we have been stuck with a medical or medical record system that seemed very reasonable at the start, you know, go to computers, make things more efficient, <clears throat> but it has compromised our time to the point where you, you can't, I mean, you're not going to believe this statistic Hartman, but probably 40% of a doctor's time is now devoted to clicking on computers in order to get paid. So they have to go home at night and instead of spending a little time with their family, they have to click on the computer or they don't make any money. So um, it's the practice of medicine is so consuming that it's hard. It's hard for me to throw any rocks at these people. And the incentives are lined up against them so heavily financially to acquiesce to the uh, to the insanity. And the statistics about this uh, COVID thing and the admissions were completely distorted. And you guys can go to uh, Pierre Corey, P-I-E-R-R-E-K-O-R-Y. He has a substack. And uh, I think it's probably purecory.substack.com, but you can you can Google it or you can search for it. We don't say Google anymore. Um, and he wrote today about the compromise of the statistics given to the healthcare personnel as far as whether or not the people had <clears throat> the vaccine in the past before they got sick as hell and died. And the the uh, they had some trick that they didn't put that down on the chart. And so everyone thought that it was a quote pandemic of the unvaccinated when it wasn't. And the statistics coming out of many other countries are that this disease now is a tremendously uh, strong and virulent, uh, particularly against the vaccinated people. If you've already had the vax, you had a couple exposures to spike protein already, and you've essentially destroyed your immune system, you, you may not be able to cope with a little case of flu 
you know. So the, the people die who are very healthy who've been previously vaccinated. And that's well established. I mean, there's no question about that. So um, so the, the doctors are waking up, according to Dr. Corey, they are waking up the healthcare, and they're starting to put the vaccination status on the chart. And the, I mean, it's so face, it's such a, a slap in your face, obvious problem that the nurses are, are understand it. The night nurse at the ICU that he quotes uh, understand it, and they they pass the message around, but they're still getting hassled and fired if they don't get their own vaccine. So, I mean, it's dystopian over here. And we all have to stand up and we have to spread the word. And perhaps if we hit a critical mass of people who understand the story, um, th these guys won't be able to do it anymore. And it certainly seems like it happened um, with, uh, with the, you know, with the masking and all that stuff, because everybody understood that was nonsense after a certain period. I mean, it, it, we have hundreds of mass studies and the only ones that show anything positive about them are obviously statistically lying at us, you know, so. Um, um, my, yeah, one of my last question is, uh, as you talked about the immune system and the decreasing of the immune system by these injections, can you, um, can you make a short summary also with respect to the V8s, because this is, I think, the um, the last stage that the people get, uh, let's say, a V8 or vaccination AIDS. Oh, and uh, this is, um, yeah, and that, for example, um, we got here several reports that we don't have a lot of monkeypox here, not a lot. <laughs> yeah, but the interesting thing is that the that the um, uh, that the monkeypox, the, the 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 effects of the monkeypox, or what you see in the face and all that stuff, could be, and this is the theory. I don't know. I, I cannot uh, prove this. Could be the last stage of vaccination aids. Oh my God! Well, maybe maybe they were manufactured by the vaccine, as as the birds were, right? The homosexuals. Yes. I, I'm kidding about that. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Um, but. Uh, the only thing I have to say is that with every successive jab, your immunity gets worse and you get in a position where you you are less likely to tolerate stresses. And these include the stresses that can come with getting COVID. So I, I don't know a lot about mechanisms. You know, clinicians are not mechanistic. Uh, it, it we're, we don't have a lot of interest in mechanisms. And I never, uh, uh, you know, bloviate about uh you know, the chemical reactions or anything else. The only thing means anything to us are clinical observations and the real double-blind controlled trials that, that actually are done properly, which are basically, they're all run by industry now, so you can't depend on any of it. And even if they're they're run properly, if, you, if you're allowed to throw out, um, if you're allowed to throw out half or two-thirds of the studies, you still might have something that you think works. And that was, that was done with Gardasil, right? That was done with the... Uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the vaccine for, uh, you know, supposedly for squamous cell cancer. Um, and Japan just threw that, that one out the window. They had a look at the history of it and they realized that half the studies were concealed and they could never get a hold of them. So they just threw that one away. Mm -hmm. But you know, the, the, the rate of vaccination here and in the Europe is almost universal for that, for the, uh, HPV. You know, in theory, for HPV, you know, it hasn't done a thing. I mean, we should touch on that briefly. Um, the death rate from squamous cell cancer of the cervix has been rock steady. It hasn't changed during the entire period 
uh, what is it, 30 years, uh, Jane, that the vax is, that this uh, HPV vaccine, Gardasil, has been around, 20 years maybe. But we, we've got still 4,000 people a year die of it in the United States at the start and at the finish. And it was, it was meant to treat this tiny group um, 30 or 40 years after the vaccine was administered, which is a flawed, fatally, fatally flawed idea. And it had no effect on the fatalities. So that's how you can tell whether something works or not. Oh, interesting. Well, thank you so much. I pass you to Grace. It was a real pleasure talking to you, sir. Th thank you, Hartman. Well, I believe we covered a lot of things. And uh, we just really, uh, just as everyone is saying, that each and every one of us should do our due diligence. And um, we know that the more we believe on things, we, it's a, we can't be believing on the things that we know that has been happening already, that's been manipulated. So now it's really time to wake up and continue to, as I am with Dr. Yoho also, as I'm more a clinical observer than anything else. I, okay. So my, wife, my wife was brought up with the following ad, ad, adage, and it was a little more colorful. She says, don't let anyone feed you excrement and call it ice cream. <laughs> Sorry about that. I apologize. That was a little too colorful for a, a PG podcast. Hey, we, we need a lot of laughter as really? well. Because like for us, we've been uh, doing this uh, conversation and we, and just like you, you know, Dr. Yo, that nurses sometimes like i work in icu for 20 years and people think like when we start laughing we, it's not that we don't have sympathy for our patients who are really sick but if we don't have that laughter forget it you can't you can't work for in icu for more than five years and it's I battle ask, it's battlefield humor that's what it is and it, the, the some of the stuff we see is so horrible all you can do is laugh and i'm going to make a joke here at the end of the podcast to, you can cut this out if you like, but I saw Grace in her bra at the beginning because <laughs> she was putting her top on before she knew I was on on stage. <laughs> Correct. And sorry, this, sorry, guys. Yeah, no, that's, that was a little inappropriate. That's actually I shared that already to Jane Hartford. And okay. yeah. I'm going to tell the audience because I'm. I'm, when I promise something that we're going to do this podcast and I, I was traveling and I just really landed today and I realized my, my, my original charger was left all the way in Lake Tahoe. And I said, oh my, how can I do this? And then I remember that we have an extra one, but I couldn't find it. So in short, in an hour, I have to make it possible to get this happen or I have to start calling oh, I'm sorry we can't do this so then oh, oh when traveling Dr. Yoho and for everyone I I put another shirt underneath to protect me from the radiation okay so then so I said okay I, I'm at home now I don't need it so I took it off then I realized my shirt is inverted is reversed so I went to the <laughs> went to the room and I did see that Dr. Yu was already on and it's like <laughs> I didn't see anything else <laughs> but it's okay because I just came from a lot of uh, sun exposure so at this point I need a lot of that. And talking about the vitamin D exposure through the sun, because I, for one, growing in the Philippines, if I cannot have that most sun exposure by winter time, I will feel a little off and I might feel sad. 
but because I do a lot of intentional sun gazing, solar thyroid synthesis, and I know John Hartmut, Jane, that we're all doing a lot of things to protect ourselves. So, hey, we're, we're, I'm in a family, so it's okay for someone sees my bra. <laughs> the, the, um, the standard advice by the dermatologist is exactly wrong. And the, the sun has many health-giving uh, 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 things, and we don't understand them all. And as far as vitamin D goes, the Florida lifeguards have levels of 120, which is higher than the, quote, normal uh, thing. So if, if you can get more sun or take higher doses of vitamin D, and I'm, I'm thinking the standard is 5,000 international units for people under 200 and 10,000 over 200. But uh, you've got to experiment with it and look at your vitamin D levels, which you can obtain in Florida from lifeextension.com without a prescription at the free state of Florida. Right, John? That's right. And it is a free state. I can vouch for that. <laughs> Anything more that uh, others want to share? And Dr. Yoho, yeah, tell again the audience where they can reach you. Because even if you're retired, I'm sure you're not retired for from helping others. Well, um, I don't practice medicine any longer, but you should be able to learn a lot from uh, getting into my uh, Substack account. I've got 117 episodes in there. You can get the first half of my each book on, on, in that in that Substack and listen to it, or you can go on YouTube and listen to it from the links. And, uh, and then it's robertyohoauthor.com to describe, describe the books, but the Substack's where I'm most active. And I mean, there's so much stuff going on now that I'm, I have trouble not posting every day, but I post at least two to three times a week at a minimum. And the great thing about Substack is I repost the best posts from other people I find. So they, nobody seems to care about copyright because we're all in this fight together. And that's not a Marxist slogan. We're, we're all in this fight and we, we've got to, we got to, we have to realize that there's no way out of it. We've got to stand up or we'll get eaten by the alligator. Well, thank you everyone. And thank you to our audience and uh, follow us and also, this all this podcast will be uploaded in different um, platforms amongst us. And definitely, it will be in BitChute. Definitely, it will be in uh, um, Rumble. And one or two of us may still have our YouTube channel. Okay? And thanks again. And take care of yourselves. Thank you, Grace. I really appreciate the chance to talk. Thank you. Thanks.